This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey, everybody. It's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. And we had so many great questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow. That we have a bonus episode. So here we go. Our first question is, quote, I'm wondering about the etiquette of holding subway doors. Despite the signs saying not to, I always appreciate when someone wedges their foot in the door so I can run in before the train leaves. And I always feel like a bit of a mini hero when I offer the same courtesy to another person who is clearly in a rush. However, I know that excessive holding of doors can delay the train and everyone in it. Is a big help to one or two people more significant than a small inconvenience to hundreds? Or am I being selfish because of the dopamine rush I get from helping someone make it on the train on time? This question reminded me of the search for Spock where they're like, does the good of the one (laughs) outweigh the good of the many? I think it's a valid question. Yes. If you've never been to New York, it is a... You'll be like running up the stairs because there's a train coming in and there's somebody running with you. You just are friends in running. You don't know each other, but there is a camaraderie. And then one of you will get there first and either like throw your body up against the door Uh to get the other person in or you hold it with your foot. And there is that moment where you both feel like you've won. Yeah, no, there is a sense of accomplishment and teamwork. Yeah, for sure. And in a city where... Often you're very, it's very solitary, even though you're with lots of people. It is a moment of connection. You're holding a door for a stranger. I think it's a beautiful moment. It's seconds. It's seconds. It is very fleeting. Yes. Um, So you are pro. I'm pro. Interesting. Because it's not like, I've never been on a train where someone's just standing there holding it. And they just keep holding it for like 30 people. Uh, It's one or two people. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't want you holding the train doors because I think you are now sacrificing the happiness of upwards of 2,000 people. There could be upwards of 2,000 people on a subway train, right? It's a lot of people for two people. And you've also inconvenienced everybody else behind that train that's trying to be moving through the tubes because the other trains can't move until this train does. So I think it's a cascading thing and I think it's corrosive. 
I think it's corrosive on society. Wow. And I I would rather you not do it. You know what's corrosive on society, <laughs> Nick, is knowing there's a person directly behind you yeah. who just couldn't run up the stairs as quick as you and not just sticking your hand in that door to give them a second to get in. Well, but then what if we damage the doors? I mean, this also can happen. You know, this is, it can actually damage the subway train. Stop. We're not damaging the subway train. <laughs> okay. That's not happening. No, I, I, I don't know. I really, I don't, I obviously I appreciate if somebody has held the doors open for me and I can jump on the train. Sure. Do you not though? You appreciate it. But I don't want to be responsible for inconveniencing other people. This is how it goes. The doors try to close once. And then you have your foot wedged in it. And then well, I know how. that person gets through in this. I'm explaining it to the people who haven't been on. <laughs> okay. yeah, it's literally a, this length of a snap. They step well, in behind you. That, there is definitely the type of door holding, though, where it's like, oh, I'm holding the doors open so that my Girl Scout troop can get on and make it through the turnstiles. And as they're like, you know, swiping their Metro cards, like there's definitely that. If you're still up, swipe, you have a group and they're still up swiping your Metro cards. No. You got to wait till the whole group gets there. They're all ready to walk on the train. But if you have a Girl Scout group, great example, and they're all there <laughs> on the platform and they just all couldn't get it on in time. Well, okay. Then I you're going to hold the end doors, of it. Well, okay. That's, that's different because I would hold the door if I'm going to be leaving somebody behind. Yes. That's a different thing. That's, but this but is about still like, holding oh, the door. someone is, well, but I do feel like the circumstances are different though. But you're, because it's the same outcome. Oh, Leah, but sometimes different etiquette paths <laughs> come to the same etiquette destination. So, you know, we cannot necessarily be the ends justify the means all the time. I'm just That's saying dangerous- that we're still holding up thousands of people. We could just cut our group off and be like, call me when you get there. Uh, I don't want to hold up thousands of people. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think that there is something to be said for that then. That's true. That's true. Cut to Nick doing that to me next time in New York. <laughs> I don't want to hold anybody up. Bye. Um, I just feel like there is something about trying to hold doors open for one or two people, which does hold up everybody else and potentially thousands of people behind it during rush hour. And I don't love that. So I guess the question is, can you do it in a way that's not going to damage the subway and actually break the train cumulatively over time? And can it be done in a way where like there is no inconvenience beyond a few seconds and those seconds don't add up to hours and years? over the time. I mean, that's why it's corrosive. It's just like, oh, it's just like this one thing. But you know, if everybody's doing it though, if everybody does this every day in the subway, like what have we done? Like this is madness. Have you seen a person's face when they're trying so hard to get to the train and they're running and they're right there, they're right there. And who knows what they had to get to? I I, I guess I, my instinct is just like, I would rather you not. Uh, Leah, you make some interesting points. Maybe I, I cannot root my feelings in logic or any etiquette rules? No, um, your your but- feelings are logical that one second over time across all the platforms adds up to a lot. Yeah. And yeah. everybody's, I totally see that. And I understand. I just emotionally can't get on board. No pun intended. I cannot get on board. <laughs> and I do appreciate benefiting from other people committing this etiquette crime. Uh, but then that makes me an accessory. But then like, am I going to be like, oh, no, no, you go ahead. If someone holds the door open for me, like, of course I'm not. No, you're going to step through it and feel like you won. I'm going to feel like I won. It looks like the subway is the one place I do not follow the rules. Yeah, that's, yeah. Interesting, Leah. You're happy to be a rule breaker in the subway. 
Wow. I mean, I take my backpack off. I don't take up space for other people. I'm not hogging two seats. I stand up for people who need to sit down. Um, but I'll hold that door for somebody directly behind me. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's about doing something courteous in the moment to an individual that you recognize their humanity versus this more nebulous sense of honoring the community. And I guess that's the tension here. And so faced with that choice, you want to go with the personal connection. And I guess faced with that choice, I would rather do the greater good. I want to do the thing that's going to offer the most benefit. I'm going to try to maximize. I was going to say, so it's exactly the search for Spock, where I would say, we're going for Spock. Yeah. And I'm going to put the entire crew at risk. Yeah. And I'm going to say, <laughs> but what about the galaxy? Once again, Star Trek. And I'm going to say, what does the galaxy mean without individual relationships to people? Ooh. Okay. I mean, all of these are valid points. Thank you, Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, this is such a hard... <laughs> Well, I mean, that's why this person needed to write to us. So I think you have both of our feelings about this and um, do with this as you wish. So our next question is, quote, is it tacky to give a thank you card that has thank you printed on it? The only blank cards I can find have glitter. I feel like if you want Nick to come in <laughs> on one side of a question, you just mm -hmm. make the opposite side of that question have glitter. Yeah, that's all you need to do. And then I'll be like, I agree. Do you want to hold the door for people on the subway or do you want glitter to rain down <laughs> upon everyone? Hold the door. Hold it. Hold the door. Let everybody through. Uh, no, I mean, you, this is not wrong. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> live my life based on the glitter creed. So back to the cards though. So we have some cards and we want to send a thank you note, but the ones we have say thank you, like printed on the inside uh, or maybe on the outside. And actually, I don't know where it's printed, but somewhere on this uh, piece of paper, it says thank you. And so the question is, is that fine? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I, I'm totally fine with that. But here's the deal. You cannot use the word thank you that's pre-printed in place of you writing the same thing. So you can't be like, Dear Lisa, comma. And then the pre-printed thank you is there on the card already. And then you're like, love, Chad. Like that that does not work. Oh, yeah. No, you still got to write a note. <laughs> I have thank you cards that say thank you in it. And then I write a little note. Really appreciate the blank. So grateful for what blankety blank. Yeah, so you have to write around it. You have to actually pretend that it's not there. You do want to make sure that the card you're sending is still appropriate. So I don't think we want to send like a happy 50th birthday like to your nephew turning four. Like I think we, if it's going to be pre-printed, it does need to like at least be the same holiday or occasion or sentiment. A, I don't think our letter writers would do that. B, I will find the one time that you can do that. Oh, because that's how what? I roll. When? Sometimes the card is so perfect for a person, uh -huh. but it doesn't match what the situation is. Okay. And I will buy the card mm. and then I'll just cross it out. Okay. Okay. I mean, you have personalized it. And so that's a win. Because it's so them and I can't find it in anything else. Well, then that's great. Then actually that achieves something even greater, which is like, Something that is specific, which is always what we want. Yes. I think we can also agree that often children's birthday cards are the best cards. Um, are they the best cards? Some of them are so fun. Yeah. I think they, they might have more uh, color. A lot of the adult cards are like, I can't believe how old you are. You know, you're like, can we get some fun cards? I don't right. Why can? Wh no. So long story short, I feel like just 
ignore anything pre-printed, write around it and just write a note as you would. And then you can just sort of like, it's in there, but it's not sort of the main event. Yeah, that's it. And then throw some glitter in that bad boy. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about glitter just for a hot second. Am I alone? Are there people out there that are like, I want glitter loose in my house? Like, is this a type of person that I've just not met yet? There are people that love glitter. I, oh, I love glittery things. I feel like optically, it's it's a lovely thing. I don't like glitter as a noun in my house. I've never really had loose, rampant glitter. It hasn't happened to me. Okay. So- You never had a speck of something catch your eye in your apartment? And then it's like a piece of glitter from a card? I mean, do you think that's really going to throw <laughs> off my whole- Access. Yeah, no, I guess you could roll with that. Yeah. If I had a pile of glitter, if somebody came in and dropped a pile of glitter and then turned a fan on. Right. I'm. That would be too much. That would be that. Okay. All right. So there is a line for you. I also respect your, how you feel about glitter. I get it. You don't want it. And I'm, I understand a hundred percent. Yes. I just don't know why we're making cards with glitter that does come loose in the mail. And now it's on your hands and now it's in your house. I just don't know why as a product this exists. I just don't think this should be manufactured. Because some people love glitter. How, I mean, I could just live with this mystery. So. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. <laughs> yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already we started at 10. And then yeah. we keep going up. But I will say the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it it, it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. so glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going <laughs> to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. Our next question is, quote, 
I recently went to my brother and his fiancée's bridal shower. Upon arriving, I placed the gift I'd brought down on the dedicated table with the other gifts, and I noticed there was no guest book for me to sign. So I approached my brother's future mother-in-law, who had helped plan the event, and asked where I could leave my address next to my name. To this, she replied, Oh, the couple had decided that they wouldn't be sending out thank you cards, so that wasn't going to be necessary. After telling me this, she smiled at me, turned around, and walked away. I was shocked. How could a couple decide that they just straight up weren't going to be mailing out thank you cards? Is this a thing? Can a couple decide that they don't want to mail out thank you cards after a shower? Is this acceptable in any situation? It has now been several weeks, and according to other members of my family, they still have no plans to prepare thank you notes, whether virtual or in the physical mail. I'm relatively close to my brother, but his fiance is still new to the family, and I don't know her that well, and I don't want to damage our relationship if this was her decision, what do I do now? Do you want to lead off? Um, I, <laughs> sure. I mean, oh, okay. Well, there's a lot of uh, things happening in this question. Um, I think the first thing is anytime we get a letter, which is, is this a thing? I think nine times out of 10, it is not a thing. So I feel like that is the case here. It is not a thing where we do something nice for somebody and they choose actively to not show gratitude for it. And so that is not a thing. That's not a world I want to live in. I don't want to live in that world in which like, oh, we just don't show gratitude for anything. And one of the mechanisms we do show gratitude is we say thank you in written form. There's lots of other ways to show gratitude and any of those would be acceptable here. I'd take any of them. It does sound like our recipients of these gifts are choosing not to do any of them, and they're in a very good place with that. And I think that is problematic. Well, I also love the um, mother-in-law, future mother-in-law was like, Mm -hmm. hey, we don't do that. And then just turned around and walked away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We don't do that in our family. We don't show gratitude. It's not a thing for us. I also feel like there's the two-part question there is, is this a thing? No. And then there's the, what do I do now? So what do you do now? I mean, we do nothing. Yeah, that's the thing. Except we do file it away. We file it. You are allowed to file it away. And here's actually, I think, what is bonkers about this. The most bonkers thing. You have done this to your guests at your shower. Now, shower gifts, those are the cheap ones. Those are the light ones, the frivolous ones. Those are just sort of like, oh, this is just like a little something for your shower. The wedding gift is the gift. That's where people spend more money. That's the bigger gift. That's from the registry. Like, that's where the rubber meets the road. You have told all of your shower gifts, who are all also invited to your wedding, that, oh, by the way, we are ungrateful people. And I now, as a guest to your wedding, know this about you, and I am now rethinking my wedding gift. Do I want to give one at all? Or do I want to dial that way back? Oh, these are ungrateful people who will not acknowledge my generosity. No need to be very generous then. That's what I think. That's how I would respond. It would be so hard for me. I don't have a sibling, so I'm obviously speaking out of my personal knowledge. But I would imagine that having a sibling, I would want to be like, hey, what are you doing? Like you are coming off as ungrateful. Yeah. I mean, I guess there is a question is, is there an opportunity to have that heart to heart with your sibling? Which is like, hey, totally cool. If you don't want to send me a thank you note for what I got you. Like, I get it. Your sibling, like, no problem. Like, it doesn't bother me. But I do think maybe some of the other guests might be. So even though you said like, oh, we're not going to do it, 
you might want it anyway, just because, you know, it, it may come across in a way that you don't realize. And so if there was that opportunity to have that conversation, you know, it probably would be good because, yeah, it's it's pretty offensive. I mean, not even a fun picture with the gift and a text. Thank you so much. But also, it is so low effort to write thank you notes. I mean, people make it into this big thing, some big labor. And honestly, it is so not hard to send thank you notes. It really isn't. It really takes no time at all. I mean, I could probably do 100 notes for the shower. I could probably do it in an hour with nice handwriting. Yeah, I could do it in an hour. Sure. I understand that it is most of us don't function the same way that you do. So it is. <laughs> well, that's not my problem. <laughs> I know. I know that it's not. But although it actually becomes my problem. It has become your having problem. to be in the world with the rest of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a problem every time I leave my house. Yeah. But I, I think what's most interesting about this is that how blatant. Oh, we don't do that. Well, I mean, you there's no subtle way to do this. You can't subtly decide not to send thank you notes because you either do or you don't. But yeah, I mean, to just straight up say like, oh, it's not something that's happening. Enjoy the punch and the crudite. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I guess they appreciate it because now I'm not wondering. Because, I mean, there is a feeling of being ghosted when you send a gift and you don't get an acknowledgement. And it's kind of like ghosting. You're like, oh, did they not like it? Or is this something I did? And it's like, oh no, it's just like, you're a bad person. So there is something nice. There is some finality here. There's some closure, which is like, oh, we got the gift. We are choosing not to say thank you for it. Good day. I'm still stuck on the 100 thank you notes in an hour. I, 100 thank you notes could <laughs> I mean, probably take me a be... couple of weeks because I'd, I'd have to- well, I'd have to <laughs> agonize over each one. And then I would also be worrying about the other things I have to do. And then I'll be like, oh, did this look bad? Did I accurately express my gratitude? <laughs> I mean, you're not you're not laying in that time for people who have a lot of uh, anguish over what's happening. Well, I might take more than 60 minutes for 100 notes. That does feel a little fast, but like, it'll be close. But let's also not make perfect be the enemy of good. I mean, a lot of people actually, I think, do feel this where like, oh, my thank you notes aren't going to be perfect. And therefore, I need to not send them at all, which is like, oh, no, no. A good thank you note is better than one that wasn't sent. I don't think people are and trying so, not to send them. Obviously, in this case, they are trying not to send them. They're <laughs> right. just getting overwhelmed by feeling A lot of that people do get paralyzed. Yes. Yes. And that's where I think we have some space for that because we all can't be <laughs> Nick Layton. I feel like you should just send the note because it's nice to express gratitude. And we do all want to live in a world in which we do appreciate the nice things that people do for us. And so we do need to do that. That is important for society and making it all run smoothly. So how about we send people envelopes full of scratch tickets? Thank you. Here's some whimsy. That would be, I would be delighted. Thank you so much for coming to our shower. It was so nice to see you. Oh, and the KitchenAid, what a treat. Here are some scratchers. Can't wait to see you in November at the wedding. What a great note. And it was also a callback. And see how fast I just wrote it in my head? Yeah, that was. Mm -hmm. Times 100. <laughs> but really, honestly, people, it is not that difficult. Like, I don't know why people think it is. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so our next question is, quote, my frugal mother-in-law stocks up on vases and rose bowls when she shops at her local thrift store. When she orders flowers for someone, she will take the vase into the florist and ask them to use it for the arrangement. They sell vases and bowls in their shop, but they cheerfully agree to use hers. This strikes me as rather gauche, like bringing your own dinnerware to a restaurant. But the employees at the florist don't seem to mind. I also repurpose vases, but when I order those flowers, I take them home and arrange them myself. 
Is bringing your own vase to a florist an acceptable practice? Or are these people just being nice to a charming little old lady? I kind of like the idea that she goes out and finds vases that she thinks are cute and then brings them in and then let's make flowers out of this. Yeah. No, I actually like that Um, because it does feel a little more personal and it's nicer than maybe the generic like, you know, square cube glass thing or whatever it is. Yeah. So I don't think there's any etiquette problem there, assuming you're picking appropriate vases for the person. Like, I don't want necessarily like some weird Winnie the Pooh vase uh, if you're sending like... (laughs) you know, me a condolence bouquet. But, uh, you know, as long as it's all contextual, uh, that's good. I think our letter writer is worried that it's offensive to the people who work at the flower store. Right. Or there's some commercial problem with this. They may, that well, they're not charging for the vessel. They're just charging for putting the bouquet together. Right. And so it's not like they're out money. Yeah, they're not out money. Also, I really feel that if they felt, it was outside of their purview, they would say, we don't do that. I would say that if the vase you brought is some weird thing that requires like more labor somehow, like it's like very wide or it doesn't hold flowers in the right way or required extra equipment somehow or more of that like florist uh, thingies that they put in there, foam. The green foam. The green foam thing. Like if it needed something extra because of something you did with this vase, then like, okay, I think we would pay for all that. But I don't think, yeah, there's nothing inherently wrong with BYOV. BYOV. And I do like the idea that it feels more personal. Yeah. So I approve. I feel like our letter writer really wanted us to come down against this idea. So I do feel bad about that. But I I actually like the idea of the personal vases from, from different places. Yeah. Why do you think our letter writer wants us to shut this down? I don't think our letter writer likes it. Like somebody showing, well, they compared it to showing up at a restaurant with your own cutlery, which I don't feel like that's what it is at all. Well, actually, I think the equivalent would be if I've hired a restaurant to do catering for me, because that could happen. Like, oh, your lasagna is amazing. I'm having a party. Can I buy a whole lasagna from you? And can I give you my ceramic dish to do it in? Like I've done that before. And and I've given you actually the dish for you to make the lasagna in. And now I have it in that thing rather than like some tinfoil thing. And I also think that's fine. I bet she gets some funky vases too. Yeah, I'm totally on board. And actually, I think more people should do this. I feel like actually this should be a thing. I actually was thinking I'm going to start doing this. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it's a trend. I feel like it's really gone the other way. She was hoping for us to shut it down and then we're going to start doing it ourselves. More people should do this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's a movement. I also think that she enjoys doing this. She likes to go out and search for the vases. It's like a part of something that brings her joy. Right. Okay. So wonderful. Wonderful. So our next thing is a bonkers. Bonkers. And it's quote. Recently, we were at the airport sitting in the back of the waiting area at our gate. We knew the flight was delayed, so I got comfortable. I tucked my suitcase under my legs and used it as a footrest. I made sure I wasn't blocking traffic and no one was in front of us, just a wall. I was wearing sandals. A grown man walked by, reached down and tickled my toes and said, Coochie coo. I was dumbstruck, and my husband was so mad, he almost got out of his seat. It was a, did that just happen moment? It felt so gross. Who does that? In what world is it okay to touch a stranger's feet? I passed out. I I actually physically <laughs> responded by curling my toes under my own person. Coochie coo. Coochie coo in what world? I mean, what's worse? Having a man 
touch your toes or the coochie coo part. I mean, it really is. The, I can't. The who does that? I I felt the who does that so deep. Who does that? I would love to follow that person through the airport and be like, who are you? Yeah. And in what world? Like, walk me through it. Help me understand how we arrived at this. You're walking by. You see a woman minding her own business, waiting for her flight. She happens to be wearing sandals. And you just are compelled to reach over. Touch another human being. And say, coochie-coo. Coochie-coo is so scary. (laughs) It is a little scary. It is a little scary. Yeah. So who does that? Well, that guy. That guy does it. (laughs) What? Yeah. No, this is is a bonkers. This is the very definition of a bonkers. So... Thank you for sending it to us. And do you have a bonkers for us or a question, a vent, or a pent? We'll take it all. Please send it to us through our website, wereraisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And we'll see you next time. Coochie coo. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.